on last week's episode of Living the Dream. You need to be prepared for the fight that is robbing you of your very own salvation or your right to freedom, your right to prosperity, your right to wholeness, to health. These are the things that should concern you the most. All of them matter. But listen, the ones I'm mentioning currently are the ones that are harder to see happening. And so if you don't know how to become a person that can defend against those forces, you're going to have a hard time maintaining those freedoms. So again, let's go back to the whole idea of becoming blameless, of being beyond reproach. Welcome to an I Exist podcast. Our entire mission can be summed up in one phrase, becoming all that we are. It is our belief that fulfillment doesn't come from changing into things you aren't, but rather from becoming everything that you already are. And ultimately, we're here to press and empower you to lead lives that are full of fulfillment. We've dedicated this specific podcast to the dream, not to having the dream or even talking about the dream, but to living the dream. The reality is that there's a stark difference between having a dream and manifesting one. Here you'll gain insight and wisdom keys. I'm the creator and host, Brian Farr, and this is the Living the Dream podcast. Welcome to episode 50 of Living the Dream, the podcast. Again, I am your host, Brian Farr. This is a landmark episode. If you've been with us thus far, thank you so much for all of your listening. For those of you who've taken time to share, to rate the podcast also, thank you so much. I always show appreciation, but I'm showing it again, especially on today, this being a landmark episode for us. I want to thank you for continuing to listen. We've got so much great content to come. Thank you. Thank you again. So I don't want to ruin any of this with any preliminary talk. Let's go straight into the subject matter. If you have not noticed by now, I am a teacher by essence, by birth, by nature. It's in my nature to teach. And so I enjoy doing this specifically towards the calling of teaching on purpose and pressing and empowering every one of you possible to lead lives that are full of fulfillment, which is also why I've garnered the title of coach. I've taken that on in the sense that I am here to press and empower you as individuals to lead lives that are full of fulfillment. Again, I am Brian Farr and that's what I'm here to do. All right. Listen, I've noticed that when it comes down to fulfillment or the issue of success, be that monetary or in whatever area of your life you wish to obtain success, having a successful marriage, a successful health life, of course, success in money, material success in career, things like that. I've noticed that a lot of you are having an issue with getting off of the start line concerning a lot of things, be that starting your business or getting into relationship or even just making a move for your betterment in general, be that something like going to school, getting out of the neighborhood you were groomed, raised in, getting around better people, different environments, things like that, that will produce better atmospheres for you to be able to grow in. And that's because many of you are having an issue of having the means to do so, whether that just means the energy or the finances 
or the worthiness, the deservingness that you feel you need to obtain in order to graduate into the success you see for yourselves in whatever area you wish to see it. I was talking to someone who was fixing something at my house that needed fixing, and this mechanic, we'll call him, eventually, because I'm a teacher, because I'm a coach, began to talk to me about his career and life situations. And of course, I stirred it in him, by the way. This wasn't just a random conversation. We had been talking for the length of time that he had been there to fix the particular issue. And he had begun to talk to me about where he was currently and how he had gotten there and eventually over into what he wished or hoped to do concerning certain endeavors or business ventures that he wanted to do outside of the career choice he had made that landed him at my house. And so after asking him essentially what was holding him back from doing those particular things, he got around to what I hear being the stumbling block for many of you. And that again was that he did not have the means, whether it was the time because he had now tied himself into a particular career choice on top of the fact of having children, things like that. And then the big one, the largest, most common hurdle, quote, I don't have the funds. Means as in money. But don't worry. Today, we're going to teach you how to overcome that hurdle. Listen, I would never tell anyone to live above their means. And you know that has certain implications to it. Most of you have heard that it's wrong to live above your means. And I would agree. But there's one secret to success that you may have overlooked that I'm sure you have overlooked especially if you're one who is often stumbling or being blocked by the hurdle whose name is, quote, I don't have the means. There's one thing, especially when you come from the places I've come from, which are poverty places where the money nor the mentality was there for abundance or anything of the sort. And here's the one thing you'll need to learn if you ever want to graduate from those places into fulfillment, into freedom, into finance, into wealth, into abundance, becoming abundant in every way, not just finance and fortune, but in health, relational health, career health. I'm telling you, this is a number one type secret. And you're like, go on, Brian, get on with it. What's this secret? This secret is this, that you learn to live not above, but beyond your means. You have to learn to live beyond your means. And I'll detail exactly what that means as we move further. I wanted to start this off initially by telling you the story of the slave boy who was born free. Now, I know that sounds like an oxymoron, and it is. I was going to tell you about how this free slave grew up in a predicament no different than the slaves he had come from. He was born to, birth through how he had it no better than the slaves that surrounded him, peers, elders, siblings, youth around him. In all actuality, he had no more means than the rest of them. He did the same work they did in exchange for a floor to sleep on and slop, let's call it, to eat. He was not favorited by his masters. In fact, he was a troublemaker, not because he was a rebel without a cause or he wanted to stir up trouble for the other slaves, or that he even dreamed less than some of the others did of a brighter day. 
Though some of them did suppress whatever dreams they did have in exchange for what they felt was a less painful existence without the expectation or hope for change, they believed they would just work through it. And though they knew it wasn't right, they would try to find some gratitude for being alive, some safety in getting along with the set organizational structure of society for that day, even though it deep down did not make sense to them. So this free slave boy was no different than them, but in this way. Even if he had worked with the other slaves from sunup to sundown, if he could just find two or three minutes that he could devote dedicate to getting some wisdom from the more wise, more experienced, older slaves concerning simple things like direction, such as where's this North Star I've heard about? What direction is this? How can I mask my smell from guard dogs or attack dogs, hunting dogs? And even though being reprimanded and thought to be crazy for asking such questions and told not to get any smart ideas, when someone older would catch direction of what he was asking, they'd remind him that he's just a slave. And this is just a predicament he was born into. And he's got to deal with it like everyone else. Even when he didn't share his ideas, they read them through his questioning and told him he's just a slave boy and that he'll never be free. But he kept asking every chance he got when he got lucky, hoping that they forget maybe months later, though they weren't permitted to learn to read or educate themselves in certain ways. If he could find an old book that a slave master's child may leave behind or one that was left around because the masters knew the slaves couldn't read anyway, he'd sneak to look at it by moonlight to at least see what he could learn from pictures or anything. He'd ask his mother certain questions. He'd watch and observe the certain times that things would be done in order to maintain the system that they were a part of. He looked into things deeply as to find solutions where other people saw problems. He hid away old rusted tools that were left for garbage when they dulled and needed replacing, etc. Now I'm telling the story when I didn't intend to, but here's the point. He would go on to free himself and others that were willing, not because he had any more means than anyone else. But here's where resourcefulness comes into play. I know a lot of you have heard the term, your stumbling block, your hurdle, your problem. It's not a lack of resources, but it's a lack of resourcefulness. And that's true. He did not have more resources than other people, but he was way more resourceful using whatever he had. And those moments of learning and growing towards a certain end to get him to a particular place. And although that's a good point, that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. I can't just talk to you about your lack of resourcefulness because there's a bigger issue at hand, a greater secret, a greater revelation. You see, the boy's greater secret was what he learned to live according to. None of us have a lack of resources. And while you may be arguing with me in your mind, rather than arguing points back, I'll say this. Give me your goal and then give me your circumstance. And I'll guarantee you, if you ever run into me, do this publicly. And I'll point you to a person that's done it with less. I'll guarantee you that. But just trust me on that for a moment. Just trust me. 
none of us has a lack of resources. And so you're like, okay, sure, let's go with that. So that means that we lack resourcefulness. Back to the previous point. And I'll say, sure. But beyond that, the issue that's causing you not to become resourceful is what you're living according to. You see the difference, the one difference in the free slave, the slave boy that was free was that he did not live according to, focused on, paying attention to his means at the time. You know, there's this old phrase that presents somewhat of a dichotomy that talks about having your head in the clouds and both your feet on the ground. And the revelation speaking through that phrase is that if you are to ever reach your dreams, you cannot live according to your means. You see, it's your means. It's your focus on. It's your obsessing over your means that has blocked your true sight and your true vision from ever coming to fruition. The slave boy that was free was never solely looking at his circumstances, his means. He was only looking at them as a means to get where he was going, which was the true vision in his mind where he saw himself as a free man. You see, this is very important. No matter how simple it may sound, there's genius in simplicity, okay? Most of you are confused because your philosophies are so complicated and you can't make sense of them. This is so simple, yet so profound. Listen, he did not live according to his means. He lived according to his dream. And that made his means become useful towards getting him to where he wanted to go. His head was in the clouds, but his feet were on the ground. How can you explain this? All he saw was freedom, but all he used was what his feet could touch. I hope you're hearing me. All he saw was his freedom, but all he used was what he could have in hand, the means that he had. Little becomes much in the master's hand, okay? This is the idea in the revelation. He could have lived according to where his feet stood, according to his means. And that's all he would have ever saw was a bunch of junk, a bunch of old people, a bunch of useless, dream-killing people, a bunch of nothing, no money, no time, no adequate resources for the freedom that anyone could or should want. But he did not live according to his means. He lived beyond them. And so he was a free man in a slave's world. He saw differently for himself. He thought, let me say it that way, differently for himself. And as a man thinketh, so is he. So because he thought himself as a free man, that's who he truly was, even though he was in a slave's environment. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And that made the little around him become much in the hands of a person who had mastered how to live beyond his means according to his dreams or dream. You see, when you live according to your means, you'll never have enough. When you live beyond your means, according to the dream, head in the clouds, everything that becomes in hand's reach naturally changes form and you begin to see its usefulness 
its purpose and what it is that you're becoming. Hear me. So if I was to stand myself in the midst of a grand forest, here's the last metaphor, and I was to only use my natural eyes to stare at the existence around me, the trees, the grass, the ground, the birds, the animals, snakes, webs, spiders, what have you, I may begin to feel destitute because I have no home or no shelter at all, not necessarily any food. And of course, in this scenario, I'm all alone, don't know anyone. There's no such thing as monetary exchange or anything like that. So unless I awakened the dream and began to see myself in a home, fully sheltered, fully clothed, fully supplied, all things, health and wellness provided, Unless I saw that and lived according to it, I could never see the usefulness of the things around me. I could never see what a tree could become. I could never see what the little wild chicken or rooster running around could be. God bless it. (laughs) Until I stopped living according to my means, what I'm physically looking at that has no usefulness, no purpose, no direction given to it, no vision attached to it. Okay? It wasn't just the boy's resourcefulness. It didn't just come. He had to live according to something that made him resourceful. Does that make sense? I'm asking you, answer me. (laughs) I know this is a podcast, but it's all right. I promise. Most of you are probably alone anyway. Hopefully you're listening to it in a group. Maybe, I don't know, but you can answer me. It's cool. Living beyond your means is about learning to live according to something other than what's right in front of you. We all have the means for success, but if you don't learn to live according to the dream, you'll never see the usefulness of the breath that's in your body, the use and the activity of your limbs. You have way more than enough to get to where you need to go, but you haven't made the things that you have useful. You know, there is a saying that I heard in a particular setting I worked in for a while that's good for this conversation. And that statement was this, all you have is all you need. I promise you, God did not supply you with anything less than what it would take to get you to your ultimate destiny, dream, all of that. You're fully God stock supplied with everything you need, but you have to live according to your vision, your dream in order to see the usefulness in what you have right now to be able to get you to where you're going. Okay. One more thing. I'll never forget years ago. And I'm not just saying this stuff, by the way. I told you episodes ago, probably within the first few episodes, I'll never pass along things that are not true to me. And I'll say this again for the 50th episode as a mark of integrity. If I do not have $1 million in my account or a series of accounts or through diversified assets, Whatever the situation, if I don't have a million liquid after taxes or a net worth of it, whatever, I won't tell someone straight up, this is how you be a millionaire, okay? That's not a part of my design personally. Listen, I know there's a lot of hoaxes and ways around things. I know a lot of you coaches who can't get any coaching clients. And so therefore you start saying, well, I'll just teach people how to get clients and that'll give me clients because I'm having a hard time getting clients. And so I know someone else is having a hard time getting clients. And so I'll sell them on what I do wrong. And then that's going to help me get clients, you know, loophole type of things. 
not calling you out for the point of shaming anyone or something like that. Listen, I'm just marking my difference. It's not a part of my DNA. All right. So I'll say this lastly, I'll never forget my cousin and I doing music together. Long story short, and we ended up going to a particular studio that handled certain projects for the NFL and major brands. I don't know, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, those sort franchises. And we went in there to pitch our music to the either studio owner or engineer, someone that was there at the time. I don't remember who exactly. And I remember giving him a CD at the time that had some of our music on it. He puts it in his computer, plays it through his large studio speakers. This studio was great, by the way. It had a little area that looked like a sandbox that was just full of gravel so that when they needed to record footsteps or certain sound effects, things like that, had a motorcycle sitting right in the middle of it. Just things like that. Charlotte, North Carolina. And as the guy was listening to the songs, you know, he's nodding his head to the music, to the rhythms. And out loud, he eventually says, wow, guys, these songs sound really good. What are you using? And I'll never forget the delight on my face and in my mind when, in comparison to all he had there in that studio, I had to tell him that, well, all we had to use was a particular computer that my grandmother, who I'm certain thought I was somewhat of a wayward child, (laughs) bought me as to eliminate excuses for me not going to college at the time, probably because of how opposed or contrary I was towards traditional means of education and things like that. I was more of the artistic guy, again, off making music and building entrepreneurial experience. I'll put it that way. And so, you know, she goes to the local Walmart or whatever, probably decent HP computer as a decent encouragement and push towards school. I appreciated it. But then outside of that, you know, I took musician gigs and things like that. I was able to buy me, and don't worry if you don't know what this is, probably a $150 little interface through which I could play sounds into the computer, things like that. All of these things are unimportant. Just know that there was a major difference between what we could use to produce music and what the guy had to produce music. And one other thing I'll never forget was the shock on his face and the sort of deflation that kind of happens. To where you think you're going to measure muscle against muscle, but it's more like David and Goliath and you have to resort to saying things like, oh, well, you know, these days technology is getting so advanced that I guess you don't have to use much blase blase. But the truth of the matter was this, and I'm ending with this. When I was making music back then, I never saw myself making music for some local Joe Schmo. So I lived according to the dream, the vision of good music. Sometimes what I'll refer to as real music, but not R-E-A-L-R-E-E-L, because cinematic music is some of the most beautiful, some of the most detailed masterpieces in my personal listening experience for me. But I'm saying that to say that what he heard was not just resourcefulness. What he heard was me living according to a dream living according to a vision. So I'm saying all that to say, please learn to live beyond your means. Live according to the dream, not according to the means. The means will block you. No, I'm not telling you to live above your means. 
Anytime somebody says that all they're saying is do not get so caught up in competition and comparison that you start to live according to someone else's means or their picture that they're presenting. You're trying to keep up and you're falling short behind on rent and all this other stuff because you want to keep up. You got to keep up spirit about you. But that's not what I'm talking about. Living beyond your means is all internal. It's not formed from comparison. It's not formed from competition. This is about the vision inside of you that was made for you to live according to. And I'm telling you this, I'm promising you this, that if you can learn to live according to that, all dreams, again, you specific, God-given, will be met when you learn to live according to those. Don't look at your means, look at the dream and watch how the means you have begin to take different form and different shape. And you'll see its usefulness in getting you to where you have to go. We did not get in the studio by just looking at our means. Does that make sense? I was looking at the dream and all of a sudden the mere or meager means begin to serve the dream. And I found out all I had and I continue to find out and you'll continue to find out all I have is all I need. All right. Thank you for listening. Listen, go on the website. We have some exciting things coming. We're doing the way monthly now. It's a monthly live event that I'll be hosting where you can get this kind of information and more great detailed information. I can only do so much here. I've opened up a coaching platform in which you can be immersed into an environment that is established to press and empower you to lead a life that is full of fulfillment. It's a great atmosphere. Come out, join in if at all possible. And you can find all the details at becomingallthatweare.com forward slash events forward slash the way. As always, it is my desire that all these things, whatever I produce, cause you to prosper. And until next time.